This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. Welcome to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's speak to Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Johnny. And today we're also joined by our brand new Oanda Senior Market Analyst. It's Kelvin Wong in Singapore. How are you, Kelvin? Great to have you on board. Great. So uh, pretty excited to be the first time in the podcast. So a very good morning to you guys. Yeah. Well, of course, it's morning here in the UK, Kelvin, but your day is done. Tell us what's been happening in Asia Pacific today. Well, for Asia right over here is that we kind of see a kind of a bullish session, especially from the equity market uh, perspective. Right now, at this point in time, uh, the Japan market is really close, but the Japanese Nikkei 225 continues to soar to more than I think 33-year high. And what's important, significant for the Japan market is that today has a daily close above that previous 8th of February 2021 swing high area. So uh, that's around 30,700 level. So now it's closer at 31,086. So uh, pretty much positive. So I reckon over here is that today's uh, price action on the Nikkei 225 seems to be attracting a bit of a trend for followers to actually to follow this uh, trend following strategy on the positive side of things. You mentioned uh, before we came on air the strength of the dollar today, which is affecting gold. Yes, Asia, we kind of see a bit of uh, this uh, dollar strength coming back into the picture. So what's interesting over here for gold is on during the US session, uh, right after uh, Powell's uh, speech, tacting together with Ben and Key as well. So gold did see a bit of strength coming back into the US session. But unfortunately, uh, this strength seems to be a bit slightly dissipated uh, on the gold spot price. Uh, we talk about XAU USD. So what's interesting technically that the strength dissipated just right below the 50-day moving average. So it seems to me that uh, traders are looking at this uh, level as a gauge of short-term to medium-term directional bias for gold. So the 50-day moving average right now is acting at uh, around this 1990 level for gold spot. That is the XAU slash USD. If this level is not being able to kind of a clearly have a breakthrough, uh, it seems to me that from a technical or sentiment perspective, uh, gold may find it a, a challenge to actually uh, see the second round of a potential uh, short-term momentum play coming back into gold as well. And do not forget, we still have this ongoing U.S. debt ceiling negotiation. We are still taking shape right now. And Biden, yesterday, upon his return from the G7 uh, meeting, he seems to sound a bit of optimistic about this situation. So perhaps um, this ongoing uh, event risk uh, between this uh, negotiation between the House Republican and Biden administration, any positive breakthrough where we may start to see uh, downside pressure on gold again, given that gold itself was being used as a hedges uh, prior to this uh, US uh, debt ceiling negotiation, where the expectation is to be uh, seems to be more on the challenging side of the story. And don't forget, uh, we have that first June so-called exit deadline that they got to be met. Okay, it's a reasonably busy week ahead, guys. Uh, Craig, let's start with your preview of the next few days ahead. Seems like CPI is going to dominate the agenda. Yeah, certainly here in the UK, uh, we've got a big data week. Uh, We've got the CPI on Wednesday, and I think that's going to be the most important. We've heard a lot from the Bank of England over the course of the last couple of weeks, hearing about how they are still confident that inflation is going to fall quite aggressively over the course of this year, around half uh, to around 5%. And it's going to start 
as of this CPI reading this week. So this is the CPI data for April, obviously coming basically just slightly over a year after the invasion of Ukraine when energy prices really skyrocketed and sending inflation soaring even further. And we're now expected to see the um, the favourable base effects from that because energy prices are now much lower than they were later on last year. So the headline CPI number is expected to fall from around 10.1% to 8.2%. So we're talking significant uh, declines here. And if we see that continue over the coming months, then you will start to see a much more reasonable levels of inflation moving well away from the highs that we've seen. But what that doesn't take away from is the fact that we are still seeing uh, high core inflation and we're not going to see progress on there at this point in time. In fact, the core CPI number for Wednesday is still expected to come in at around 6.2%, which is in line with what we had a month ago. So we're not going to see the progress on the core number as we are on the headline number, which is obviously much less influenced by moves in volatile energy prices, at least in the short term. The second round effects is what we're still seeing feeding through into that. And what's really interesting is we'll hear from Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey twice later on that day. Uh, so he'll be able to give us his immediate reaction to the data, having spoken so much about the inflation numbers over the course of the last two weeks. First, uh, after the interest rate decision itself, then in uh, in various forums, including in front of the Treasury Select Committee when he was talking about quantitative easing and the impact of that on the inflation data that we've seen. So I think that's going to be the standout one for the UK. But we've also got retail sales as well later on in the week. That comes on Friday. So that will give us some indication as to how consumer activity is holding up. I mean, it's been remarkably resilient up until this point. I'm sure we can all agree, given that we well, it was widely expected the UK would be in recession by now already, later on last year, going through into this, a very prolonged, albeit quite shallow recession. And consumer activity throughout this cost of living squeeze is continuing to hold up really well. And we're expecting that again, 0.3% increase uh, last month is what's forecasted. So that's an interesting uh, data point that we've got this week. Kelvin, we're also expecting some uh, interesting data for Japan's CPI as well. Yes, sure. So uh, for this coming uh, Friday, we have this kind of a a leading indicator or leading inflation rate indicator for the nationwide Japan CPI. So bear in mind, don't forget that on last Friday, we have the nationwide Japan CPI, but that's for the month of April. And uh, for this coming uh, Friday, we will actually have this uh, Tokyo CPI. So that is actually f- for the month of May. So Tokyo CPIs tend to be a leading uh, CPI for the nationwide Japan. And if you look at the couple of months of uh, Tokyo CPI has been on the upside. And in fact, the pace of acceleration is quite significant. Uh, we're talking about uh, close to a high of uh, 20, 20 over years. And also uh, the core inflation data as well as the core core inflation data that exclude uh, fresh food and energy has been persistently uh, above uh, Bank of Japan uh, 2% target for six, or six and seven consecutive months. So if we will start to see another round of uh, kind of a red hot uh, CPI number up from Tokyo, that could actually uh, push uh, BOJ to be uh, much more uh, or less reluctant to actually continue their ultra uh, dovish uh, monetary policy 
And in fact, if you look at among the G20 central banks, they are the only central banks that still have a negative interest rate policy. So, uh, and very interestingly is that markets uh, are not really focusing on this uh, potential rate hot Japan CPI data. And they are tend to be focused more on what the Fed is actually uh, about to do in terms of monetary policy. So there is a kind of a bit of under appreciation from the Japan side of the story, which I believe that uh, once we have a better uh, indication of uh, BOJ guidance when they start to actually be more uh, confident to actually shift to a more of a normalization policy, we could potentially start to see the yen to actually uh, strengthen to a much more significant level. Craig, we can but dream of uh, those uh, levels of interest rates that they've got in Japan at the moment. Of course, not necessarily wanting negative interest rates, but a lot of these figures that we're going to see this week may be a good indicator of what lies ahead. You also got some PMIs coming from Europe as well. Yeah, we've got the flash manufacturing and services PMIs from Germany, from France, the Eurozone, the UK, of course, and then the US. They all come on Tuesday. So a big PMI survey day on Tuesday, which I think is going to really dominate sentiment uh, throughout the markets on that day. Uh, later on in the week, we've got retail sales figures, which obviously relates in some way, in some part, to the services PMIs as well, both of which is, have, have been quite resilient and strong. Remember, the UK economy was expected to be in recession this year and late last year. Consumer activity was meant expected to be much weaker because of this enormous cost of living squeeze. And it's been quite resilient. Um, we have seen more spending towards services and activity-based spending. But uh, we are we have still seen resilience uh, in overall sales. So I think that's going to be the interesting one for later on this week on Friday. But I think the key event really this week is going to be those Fed minutes, ultimately. While everyone here in the UK cares a lot about inflation in the UK, uh, I think markets more broadly is more focused on what the Fed's doing. Is the Fed going to hike again? Are they going to finally pause? And when could they potentially even look at easing? There's going to be no reference to easing, of course, in the Fed minutes, but we'll get a better grasp on what the kind of split is like in terms of the consensus on pausing at the next meeting and whether there was broad support for the changing language and the idea that they may have entered the end of their tightening cycle. Uh, so that will that will be the key takeaway, I think, as far as this week is concerned. And that's where all the focus is going to be geared towards. We've also got things like US GDP jobless claims and uh, US inflation data as well on Friday. Um, this is the uh, this is the core PC price index. It comes two weeks after the CPI number. Um, so therefore, it does tend to have slightly less of an impact, even though it is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. But because you get, as Kelvin just referenced there, you get this kind of leading indicator vibe. It, it means that you're kind of prepared for what's coming ultimately. But it is the Fed's preferred measure, and therefore it does attract that kind of same attention. Kelvin Wong in Singapore. Craig Earlham in London. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Johnny. My pleasure. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.